Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! Clam comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording live once again from the Brooklyn Solarium. Folks, you know, I come to you on this Tuesday so completely and totally outdone by not only this country, um, but the world as we are once again grappling with a new variant, um, Omicron. Now I talked about this, uh, a little bit yesterday, but after some research and, you know, thankfully, uh, tweets from, uh, from Kyle, uh, thank you so much for sending me um, clips and information about trips, which I'm going to be talking uh, to you all about today. And no, I'm not talking about trips that we would all like to take in terms of vacation, but I'm talking about trade-related aspects of intellectual property rights, trips, um, and why that is important and why we all need to be paying attention not to the world's reaction to Omicron in terms of their bullshit politically motivated bans uh, that they are doing on several globally South um, nations, uh, African nations in particular, um, even given the fact that we know that travel bans don't fucking work. They don't actually stop coronavirus from happening, from spreading, that in fact, what we know that actually does work is masks and quarantine and, oh yes, that thing called vaccinations, which I will get to in a moment. But yesterday uh, was the day that the United States had said, had made their announcement late uh, last week that on Monday, they were going to be issuing their travel ban for seven African nations, including South Africa, where the Omicron variant was discovered. 
And, you know, many of these nations, if not all of them, are absolutely taken aback by the economic punishment now that their countries are going to be receiving for doing nothing other than complying with the world and being transparent and having this opal, open level of sharing with the world's doctors and scientists, right, to understand how these new variants come to be, how they are working and why and if um, they are a threat. And then you have the World Health Organization that comes out and decides, is this a variant of concern? Is it one of interest? And they have determined, right, with the little information that we've had since its discovery on November 22nd, that Omicron is in fact a variant of concern. Now, why is that? Well, because it has over 30 different mutations. Uh, right now, we will not know for several weeks, most likely, probably more on the lines of a month or a couple of months, exactly how people in the real world are reacting to Omicron. From uh, initial anecdotal studies that are being tested on some that have contracted that variant, they are saying that symptoms are mild, that it is tiredness, it is headaches, and that hospitalizations to this point in South Africa has not skyrocketed. It has stayed pretty level. However, around the United States, as well as around the globe, what we are seeing as we are approaching the holiday season is in fact the opposite, that hospital uh, rates are increasing, that the spread is increasing, um, back to numbers that we hadn't seen since before the summer. Now, I want to get to trips now and, and why this is something that I realize once again, all of the world's problems, this is this is what I am beginning to understand. Uh, and really, and when I say beginning to understand, I, I'm not saying that I was at once naive, that decisions were made by nation states because of goodness, right? Because of morality, because of a shared sense of values. No, that is actually never the reason whatsoever. However, I did think, and clearly, wrongfully so, that when we were faced with a global health pandemic, which now we have been in for roughly 19 months, right? Give or take, depending on if you want to say two years from when Donald Trump found out, which would be, uh, you know, mid-December would give us two years because he was alerted to COVID-19 in December of 2019, we, the public, were not made aware of the coronavirus until roughly February of 2019. And then we had our first initial uh, shutdown, right, in March of 2020. And so if you look at around that time, it has been 19 months that the world has been grappling um, on a variety of ways, right? You have seen in intensive shutdowns. You have seen now, once again, Austria is in a shutdown. Japan has just recently closed its borders to all international travelers. Um, and you're going to see what I believe will be a domino effect of that happening around the world. But again, you know, what we have known and what we what we are learning as we continue to learn this virus as it continues to mutate is why is it mutating? Because there is enough virus that is continuing to float around our air 
And because there is so much virus that there's going to be mutations and it's going to figure out its way around our tactics that we are using to keep people safe. But there's another reason why these variants are popping up and why particularly they're popping up in lower income countries. And it's because of TRIPS, trade-related aspects of intellectual property rights. Now, I want to read this to you. Um, In October of 2020, India and South Africa, with support at that time of 62 World Trade Organization members, proposed a TRIPS agreement waiver that would allow them to be able to develop, right, their own vaccines. Because what has happened is that we are developing vaccines to COVID-19 based on new technology, right? Innovative technology like the mRNA vaccine, right? Um, And other technology that was used with Pfizer and Moderna. And then you have other uh, technology that was used with the J&J one dose. The reality is, is that the companies, the pharmaceutical companies, right? Those that I just named that created the initial round of vaccines and now boosters have made billions upon billions of dollars. Who are their biggest clients right now? Well, high wealth nations who have money like the United States, like the UK, like Switzerland, like other folks to be able to do what? to buy up a certain amount of vaccine because they have the resources to do that. On top of which, we also remember in the initial rounds, you needed to have special refrigerators. You needed to have, you know, uh, which meant what? Access to energy sources in order to be able to store the medication for it to then be used. Well, a waiver of TRIPS would allow for these pharmaceutical companies or require them rather to share their intellectual property, right? All of the machinations around these vaccines with lower income countries who could then with the tools and infrastructure that they have be able to manufacture their own vaccines. Because here's the thing, In order to eradicate COVID, which we are now all understanding is never going to go away, right? It's never going to happen. And here's the reason why. Because you would need 9 billion shots, 9 billion shots, right? To happen around the world in order for that to happen. So none of these companies that I mentioned, the Modernas, the Pfizer's, right? Johnson and Johnson, have the ability to manufacture that much, right? That many doses. And so you would think that in the height of a global health pandemic, when we now have a second variant, one that is being said to be a lot more contagious, right? Than Delta. And remember, it only took but a handful of weeks for Delta to become the dominant strain from the original OG COVID-19. So given all of what we have learned, right? The hard way with 4 million deaths or more, I'm sorry, there are more than 4 million deaths worldwide that have happened through COVID-19. You would think 
that protecting the intellectual property rights of said companies that have already made fucking billions off of a pandemic would be in a space where you would have their headquartered countries, the UK, Switzerland, Germany, Japan, and others that would say, we need to have a waiver for trips so that these lower income nations can actually be able to vaccinate their people, put one shot in the arms of the people that need to get it. Because here's the thing, while the Biden administration wants to come out and get patted on the back for, for helping right? And providing more vaccines internationally than any other country. The other countries are not being admonished, right? For dragging their fucking feet. Because here's the thing, and this is what I tweeted yesterday in a series of tweets that I put out, because I'm just so fucking disgusted. I'm disgusted with capitalism. I'm fucking disgusted with inequality because it is going to be the death of us all right? So that a few can buy their jets and can take their fucking vacation trips to outer space, right? It will be the death of us all because it is greed and the desire for shareholders and CEOs to be able to make an obscene amount of fucking money that they will never be able to spend in their goddamn lifetimes to protect, to protect the intellectual property of these vaccines at Whose expense? The expense of millions of people around the globe who do not have access, who are waiting for the benevolence of these wealthier nations to do the right thing when they're not being coerced into doing the right thing. And what do we know to be true is that no one does anything because they actually want to, or because it's morally just, they only do so when they are compelled to, or when they are shamed into doing so. So here we have right now, as the G7 sat down and decided what it was that they were going to do as an international community in order to eradicate COVID-19. And they have done none of those things, except give us a bunch of bullshit lip service and do a bunch of photo ops, right? The Omicron variant happened because high wealth nations who were too busy colonizing and fucking extracting from the global South, right? They rushed to do that shit, right? And leave them politically stranded, economically stranded after they get what's good for them. And then don't turn around and actually for the betterment of the fucking globe, Make sure that we have vaccine equity. Make sure that all of these nations, every single one of them that needs access to vaccines can begin to develop their own with their own manufacturers, their own scientists, because they have all of the credible information, right, that they need in order to move forward on their own. But you see, that would take billions and billions of dollars away from the Modernas and the Pfizer's, right? So this is what I want to read to you that was stated uh, by the global, the Council of Global Union, right? This was reported on the PR Newswire uh, yesterday, and this is what it said. 
The Council of, the Council of Global Union, CGU, representing over 200 million workers, has urged the UK, Switzerland, Germany, and the EU Commission to stop blocking efforts to waive vaccine patents. The largest council of global unions believe action must and can be taken this week to urgently enable vaccine production in the global South. I'll go on. The demand from unions for a World Trade Organization waiver on intellectual property rights for COVID vaccines comes as the new Omicron variant emerges from countries which have been denied the right to produce their own vaccines. So again, we are banning and economically crippling nations in the global South as punishment as if they have created this new variant and are just spreading it around the world. When it is fact, in fact, the high wealth nations who allowed this to fucking happen because of their fucking greed, right? And the fact that they do not want to provide the intellectual property and the patents necessary, right? For these countries to be able to have a fighting fucking chance. They would rather wipe out millions more so long as they can continue making money. So let me go on. It also comes amidst renewed momentum and urgency from world leaders with President Biden and European Parliament, the only EU institution elected by citizens, reiterating their calls for intellectually property waivers of vaccines. But I want to tell you this. That while President Biden has come out in support of this waiver, he has not put the full force of the United States behind it. He has not offered any type of fucking threats. He has not offered any type of, oh, you know what we're going to start doing? We're going to impose more tariffs. We're going to do X, Y, and Z because until the rest of the world fucking stands up and recognizes that until we are all safe, none of us is safe from multiple variants mutating on top of themselves that we need to get this fucking done. But he hasn't done that, right? Because much in the same way that the United States always wants to do, they want to be able to fucking have their cake and eat it too. Look at us. Oh, we're for equality. We're for justice, but only in fucking name only because we will put no action and no teeth behind anything. Sound fucking familiar? Because that's the same way that this administration is going about dealing with the insurrection, dealing with protecting our voting rights, dealing with protecting women's rights, right? The same fucking tepid bullshit, except in this case, in this case, it isn't just the United States and Americans that are going to suffer. It is the entire fucking globe. We love to believe that what happens right across the pond, what happens in the global South isn't going to come to the United States. That's the way that we've always dealt with the world. Except COVID changed everything, right? Except during COVID and since, right, the discovery of it, what we've realized is that the world's borders are bullshit. They were made on paper and they exist only on paper because you cannot ban a fucking virus. You can't bullshit your way out of dealing with it either. You either face it head on and follow the goddamn science to do so, or you continue to fuck the world. 
And in this particular instance, this week, what we are seeing is a choice to continue to fuck the world and tell us, tell us with a straight face that you're doing the best that you can when you know good goddamn well you are doing anything but. I am so tired of coddling this administration. I'm so tired of hearing how hard their job is. Then don't fucking sign up for it if you can't hack it. The reality is we are doing the bare fucking minimum and have been doing the bare fucking minimum because we would rather, right, in one in one respect, right, in the United States but around the world, Every wealthy nation is basically in no small words, and I'm not a person to mince them, just a bunch of hookers for corporations, right? They throw you some money. You pretend to, to curtail how much they make or to give them little slaps on the wrist. It's all a performative show for the public so that the public doesn't get outraged, realizing that they're the ones that are truly the pawns right? But it's corporations that are really running the globe, not just this country, that it's capitalism that is the absolute driver. We want to point fingers at other nations and say, oh, well, they're authoritarian or they're dictators, right? When it's really corporations that are running the shots. Biden this week, right? Yesterday, having a meeting with all of the top CEOs to do what exactly? Another fucking photo op? Another way for them to tell us that, oh, we have supply chain issues? When there isn't a supply chain issue, there's actually a fucking, you know, good job issue, which is that people would rather sit the fuck home than continue, continue to receive indentured servitude wages and no fucking health benefits and no security? But they want to talk to us about the hundreds of thousands of people that they hired for this holiday season. But they're not going to talk to you about the fact that those people will be out of a job by the end of the second quarter, by the end of the first quarter. Right. They don't want to talk to you about that. Everything, everything that is being done is just a bunch of smoke and mirrors. And it is exhausting to follow. Because at the end of the day, what does it come back to? Fucking greed. Let me continue with this statement that was made by the chair of the Council of Global Unions and the General Secretary of Public Services International. Stephen Cotton said this, I speak directly to the heads of the state for the UK, Germany, and Switzerland when I say this, your decisions are putting millions of lives and livelihoods at risk. The world is watching you. As panic and anxiety spread at the rise of a new variant that may have been prevented if you had acted sooner. The waiver can be agreed this week. You must act now or forever hold the preventable deaths of millions more on your conscience. But once again, we are appealing. Assuming that these people have a conscience. They don't. They don't. It's why I continually bring up the Wu-Tang song, Cash Rules Everything Around Me. Because they don't. And I'm going to get into a conversation that we could have seen this coming. Not necessarily a global health pandemic, but exactly where greed was going to lead us. Right? With my dad's favorite movie, 1987 classic Wall Street, which I will get into next. But let me give you this final quote. From Rosa Pavanelli, the General Secretary of Public Services International, 
She said this, a handful of leaders are putting the interests of the pharma lobby ahead of the frontline workers they once applauded. This is an insult to their sacrifice. If the leaders of the UK, Switzerland, and EU nations want to break the cycle of lockdowns and travel blocks, then they must immediately stop blocking the TRIPS waiver proposal so no barriers stand in the way of expanding vaccine production and quashing new variants. And I want to say this, that the initial waiver, right, once again, was asked for, was proposed by India and South Africa in October of 2020. That was before the Delta variant. That was but, right, if we think about it, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, eight months into this pandemic, when we were all wondering if and when we were going to get a vaccine, they were asking that for those that were currently working, the big pharma companies that were currently working, rushing to get a vaccine, that they would be included and wouldn't be left behind. Because I don't know, right, in a global economy, in a world, again, where borders and boundaries are made up on paper and based on politics and racism and capitalism alone, that you think that just vaccinating the high wealth whiter nations was going to somehow prevent you, your nation, from getting another variant, from being forced into another lockdown, from having to reinstitute COVID-19 protocols when you decided to do away with them because in everybody's rush back to normal, they didn't think about, you know, what the repercussions could be. Because the economy, because money, you know, I almost wish that we had a time machine just so we could see where we would be right now if every political official had been put to the side and instead of seeing them on the televisions, instead of following their steps, that it had been the world's doctors and the world's scientists that we had all decided to follow and listen to where COVID-19 would be now, because we still have COVID and we will for as long as the rest of us are fucking living. Because we decided to follow politicians and bullshit politics rather than science. This is, was also written on the Newswire. Since the initial proposal in October of 2020, over 4 million people have died from COVID-19 worldwide. Those are 4 million deaths that may have been prevented if when the waiver was proposed in October of 2020 that the UK, Switzerland, and other EU nations didn't decide to block it for their own economic well-being. Four million fucking people. And guess what? No one's going to jail. Not in this fucking country. Not anywhere around the world. 
And it's their greed that has those bodies in the fucking ground. The sickness that I feel these days, the more that you continue to pay attention, the more that I turn and listen to various news stories and reports, because I tell you that when I take vacation, I really do tap all the way the fuck out. And it's because I have to exist and marinate in this space because I don't have the ability to turn off because, you know, 20 some odd years ago when I decided to go into politics and policy was because I wanted to feel like I could be a part of change. I wanted to be a part of feeling like I had a voice in making this country better. And now I want to do anything but. Which brings me to the movie Wall Street. So for those of you unfamiliar uh, with Wall Street, it is a 1987 film that was directed by um, Oliver Stone, starring Michael Douglas as the famed villain, uh, Gordon Gecko, Martin Sheen, um, among others. Charlie Sheen, Martin Sheen, Daryl Hannah. I mean, it was the who's who uh, uh, of white celebrities in the 80s that were in this film. And there are so many quotes that I pulled out when I started to think about how every single problem that we are facing in this country and facing around the world stems from greed and racism. It's those two things coupled together that when you look at our problem, whether it be climate change, whether it be COVID, whether it be the insurrection and the rise of fascism, not just in this country, but around the globe, it all comes back to money and racism and cruelty. So in the 1987 film, one of the most famed lines um, by Gordon Gecko is, greed is good. But here is the entire quote, and not just the piece of it, and then I want to dig into it. Gordon Gecko, played by Michael Douglas, says this. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Greed clarifies. Cuts through and captures the essence of the evolutionary spirit. Greed in all of its forms, greed for life, for money, for love, knowledge, is marked upward and is the surge for mankind. Greed, ladies and gentlemen, is good. That is out of the mouth of Gordon Gecko, but frankly, it could have come out of the mouth of Donald Trump, right? It could have come out of the mouth of uh, Jack Dorsey, who just left Twitter. It could have come out of the mouth of, you know, Zuckerberg. Because at the core of this 1987's film, and you have to think, 
about 1987, right? You have to think about, you know, the rise of the white yuppies. You got to think about, you know, the, the rise on Wall Street and Reaganomics and, you know, essentially embodying this greed and trickle down economics and all of these things that were happening in this country that related to our economy. You had the war on drugs, which was going to lock up uh, black and brown families for decades, right? Then you had you know, all of the, of the pillaging that was happening on wall street, but it was being characterized by the rich and famous, right. And, and shows of that nature. We have always in the United States had an attraction, a deep addiction to wealth, to glamor, right. To celebrity. And what he was articulating here, the character played by Michael Douglas, Gordon Gecko, is that the belief structure that if we were not greedy, we wouldn't evolve, right? And that, dear friends, is kind of the basis, I'm not an economist, but in understanding capitalism. That you see, the, the rebuff to capitalism, right, has always been socialism, as if there aren't all these other different types of economic structures, and as if the United States has a clear economic structure, which it does not. It is both a theocracy and an oligarchy. It is a kleptocracy and it is capitalistic. It is all of these different things, right? Our politics and our uh, democracy and our economy are all intertwined, right? And at the core of it, it all works for one class and group of people. And so when you think about why many people, and I'm not just talking about like the white domestic terrorist party, I'm talking about people in general, when they say, oh, well, we need capitalism. Capitalism is a driving force. Socialism, you would have a bunch of lazy people sitting around and only some of us would be working really hard while everyone else is reaping the benefits. And I'm saying to myself, how the fuck is that? explanation any different than what is happening right now. You have the 1% that owns more than 50% of the wealth in this nation that is owned by a handful of fucking families, right? Oligarchy, kleptocracy, who are benefiting off of the backbreaking labor of the bottom, right? Of the 99%. They see them as just pawns on a a pawns on a chessboard or cogs in a machine that can easily be replaced. We don't need to look at these people as actual people, right? They are a means to an end. The more cogs that we can get working, the more productivity, the more that they churn out and the wealthier, the wealthier 1% get. You know, now the trick is in making those in the 99% believe that what got folks to the 1% was just hard work and gusto. You believe it so much that we take fucking life lessons and success tips for them in magazines like Fast Company, Wired, The Wall Street Journal, New York Magazine, 
where we look for the uber wealthy to give tips to the rest of us on how they are so successful, which leads us all to believe this fictionalized dream that we're all just one good idea or just one more hard effort at having and sitting on their yachts. That's the biggest fucking laugh of it all. None of those people got there because of their great ideas. They got there because of generational wealth. They got there because they already came from a place of privilege. And their ideas were readily welcomed. Because they were white, because they were male, because they were cisgendered, because they were hanging out and going to the right boarding schools that put them at the right colleges, that put them at the right fucking country clubs, right? That put them on the right golf courses, that set up their futures. So you tell me how a fucking kid in Newark, right, was going to have the same opportunity and fucking access as the kid in Greenwich, Connecticut. And I just give you the area that I'm living in. You tell me how if we continue to divest from our public education system and we're giving the kid that is in Newark, New Jersey, right? Issued books or old laptops or no laptops, no computers at all. And you tell me by just having grit, they're going to be successful against the fucking Greenwich, Connecticut kid who is being put in the right expensive fucking $60,000 a year preschool to set them up for their fucking trajectory. How does that work? And then we turn around and we take tips from those people when it should be the other way around. How is it? that some of the most economically marginalized people in this country don't go out and just shoot up a bunch of banks, don't go out and just rob a bunch of shit, how they're able on a regular basis to put food and medicine and clothing on their kids and their family with just, what, 15 cents? With just their $7.50 an hour? We love to set up these fictional tales about if you just work hard, right? If you just go to college and waste a hundred, two hundred thousand $200,000 on an education that is no longer guaranteeing you anything other than minimum wage or anything other than being a cog and a slave in the machine of a company that will chew you up and spit you out as soon as you are burned out and then pay two people the cost of your one salary because they are young and dumb and hungry and also, right, drowning in debt. So they have no choice. And I don't say dumb as in uneducated. No, no. I mean dumb to how these systems are operating against you. You don't actually realize that until you're like 10 years into the game. That it's all been a fucking setup. It's all been a setup to continue to secure the wealth and the well-being of the 1% while everyone else barely gets by. And then, then in order right? To keep you addicted 
right? To the company, to be a good company, man, woman, person, right? We dangle little things in front of you. Oh, we'll give you free beer. Oh, we'll give you a foosball table. Not we'll give you the best health care that you could possibly have. Not that we'll give you a living wage. Not that we'll wipe out your student loan debt. No, 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 no. We'll give you all of this low-hanging fruit, much in the same way that black people in this country are acting, asking for, fighting for. Right? Marching for, protesting for uh, equity. Right? Not that white people are killed in the street like fucking dogs, but that nobody is killed in the street like a fucking dog. And that when they are, there is accountability and responsibility for those actions. Right? Not that we need handouts in our community. It's that we need you to invest with the same rigor that you extracted from our communities. We need you to give us back what you fucking took. But you see, that is not the narrative that is ever offered. That's why I say on Woke AF all the time that story is important and that our public education system is the biggest perpetuator of white supremacy and economic instability. Because if we wanted people to be better off, we would teach them how. We would give them the tools to do that. But you see, then they would start questioning those that are in power. This goes back to the other great quote from the movie Wall Street. Gordon Gecko says this, the most valuable commodity I know is information. The most valuable commodity I know of, he says, is information. It is the most valuable commodity. Because if you can control what people know, what people consume, then you can control them. If you can feed them a bunch of disinformation and lies, and then control the mechanisms for which you are feeding them those lies and then hold them, right? You have the power. And so you need to ask yourself, why don't I know certain things? Why am I only finding out about certain things decades into my life? I consistently feel robbed when I learn about another black innovator, scientist, activist, abolitionist from past years and present because it's purposeful. How do you keep people down? You continue to tell them that they ain't shit. That's how. You continue to feed them what you want them to know. This is not me creating conspiracy. It's just like, look around you. And you look at all of these little pockets. And let me tell you, COVID ain't a little pocket to look in. But it's so much easier to go with the narrative of, oh, well, South Africa and the global South, they just don't care about their population. They don't care about their citizens. 
right? They're so underdeveloped, they don't even know which way is up. Meanwhile, the reason why Omicron was discovered is because of the acclaimed epidemiologists that are in South Africa working. It's much easier to blame the victims, to blame the oppressed for their ills than it is to look at who the fuck has their actual knee on their neck. Because of course they're not going to be blamed because guess what they can control? The flow of fucking information. So you want to know why the BBCs and the MSNBCs and the CNNs and the CBCs and all of these fucking global international cable networks don't call out the hypocrisy and the bullshit and ask the real questions because who the fuck is controlling the flow of information? Who's advertising on their airwaves? You are only going to get the truth and get to the source of that truth if you dig for it. And you see, if the majority of people in this country and around the globe are just struggling, just trying to make ends meet, where do you think that they have the time and the energy and the desire to do the digging that is necessary? You know that most people don't. So what do you do? You spread information, misinformation. Much in the way that COVID has spread, that's how this spreads. I am so utterly disheartened this week, and it is the beginning of the week because I feel like a crazy person looking around and seeing what is so fucking obvious. How do we stop the pandemic? You make the vaccine free. And that doesn't mean that you just give out a ton. No, it means that you give people the freedom and the flexibility to be able to create their own. How do you break this cycle of fucking greed of revolt? That's how. And people will say to me, Danielle, that seems crazy, blah, blah, blah. I don't want that. It's already happening. Except they're telling you that there are supply chain issues. They tell you, go out and buy, 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 because there is going to be a shortage on Turkey. There's going to be a shortage on Christmas. There's going to be a shortage on this, that, and the other thing. Guess what? You show up at the fucking stores. I didn't see a shortage where I was. But they don't want to tell you where the shortage comes from. They want to tell you why there is a problem. Because it would force them to have to change, and they don't want to do that. Just sing the same fucking song over and over again to people that are too busy and too desperate to be paying attention to decipher what the real fucking message is. I call the show Woke as Fuck because I want people to be conscious. I want you to be filled with rage. I want you to see the truth and spread it far and wide. 
We are living inside of Gordon Gecko's fantasy in 1987, where greed is good, greed is right. Greed is everywhere. Look to your left, look to your right. Everything this past couple of days has been telling you to spend, 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 buy, buy, buy. Why? For what? So that we can continue to fill the coffers of those who continue to divest from our communities, that instead of providing people with the skills, right, to fish for themselves, to do for themselves, you want to hold them hostage and then sell them the water, sell them the fucking rod, sell them the fucking fish. Greed is going to be the death of us all. Because there is no way to contain this virus. There is no way to contain climate change. There is no way to contain fascism and political and economic instability. It is going to continue spreading until people that are in power decide that they're going to relinquish that power or... What is more likely that those with little to no power decide to take it? Those are the choices that we have. When the decision will be made, only time will tell. That is it for me today, dear friends on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.